0: you primitive screwheads listen
1: up I got news for you pal you ain't leading but two things right now Jack and shit Jack left town well hello Mr. Fancy Pants
0: I was just in my office and I heard a ruckus. Describe the ruckus, sir. Does
1: this mean we're not friends anymore? Don't you want me little I'm in my prime. First you want to kill me, now you want to kiss me. Blow. Good. Bad. I'm the guy with the gun. Hey, what up everyone? DJ Anubis. With you on the Metal Tavern Radio Podcast. Going solo this week and probably for a couple more at least. DJ Neko is out on travel. So, uh, the noobs man has got your back. And this episode, we have some new stuff from... Uh, let's see, we got some new Thy Art is Murder Wormwood Desert. Amog Symphony... Uh, what else do we got? We got, um, New Falls of Raus, Cult of Extinction, very good record, I might add. Um, Finster Force, I've actually been a fan of this band for quite a while. Uh, they got some new stuff, Sleep Terror, and of course some recent stuff from Contrarian. Uh, and the Rock Block got some new stuff from gong also recent stuff from spotlights uh... which is one of my records of the year so be looking for that during the rock block segment uh... also got some Nine Nails and john anderson in the rock block as well as some other stuff also speaking of new music um i got a chance to hear from days unto darkness by a thrash band called hatred from uh... oakland california and I hadn't, apparently, they've been around since 2011 and 13 and all that stuff. And I hadn't really heard them. So, because, like, within the last 10 to 15 years, Thrash has started to get much stronger, better bands are coming out. Uh, the scene itself is improving a lot. Uh, this is a band I hadn't really paid much attention to, didn't know much about them. So, when I was listening to the record, <laughs> I kept saying to myself, "God damn, this singer sounds so much like Steve Souza of Exodus. Like I'm just—it's like a dead fucking ringer, right?" Come to think of, a friend of mine informed me. Uh, I didn't even really look up any information at the time, but a friend informed me that, sure enough, the singer is the son of Steve Souza, so it makes total fucking sense. Ah, uh, Cody and them, the band itself—like it's not just Cody that is really good in this; it's the band itself. So. I have not heard the other two records, uh, Heroes of Origin and Dawn of the New Centurion. I have not heard those records, so I'll probably go back and check those out when I can. However, the new record is fucking blistering great. Um, It does have some flaws, obviously, but uh, as a a unit and as as a singing, it's just top-notch quality thrash, and I think that if you're looking for definitely something in the vibe, of Old School Exodus, this is something to check out, Um, definitely. uh, I definitely recommend it, I'm going to be starting off the first uh, audio segment with some hatred from that record, Uh, and I think we'll go ahead and do that, Uh, this track is of course basically the title track, it's called Days Into Darkness, Hatred, here we go.
0: Listening to the Hordes of Chaos only on Metal Tavern Radio. Pump it.
1: All right, DJ Newvis, back with you on the Metal Tavern Radio podcast. Riding solo. My goose, DJ Neko, is not in the cockpit with me. She'll be out for a couple weeks, so I'll be doing a couple of these by myself. But we should be able to make it with no problems. A uh, few things to touch on. Uh, some of the topics I got for today um, include a couple of trailers, one I'll get to in a moment. Uh, also, some WWE news. Uh, I'm not gonna dive into it too much now. I want to get to the segment, but when I do, but. Uh, just i haven't really kept up with the wwe but there is some interesting news there was one of the characters and then of course uh my next segment i will talk a little bit about favorite metal singers um and i'm going to give you basically my personal favorites um in a kind of wide range spectrum i know people always have their favorites but uh I'll get to a few of mine that I will talk a little bit about. Then later on, uh, I'll also be talking about some concept albums and metal and rock. So I'll uh, be looking for that. I have a few of my favorites there as well. Usually the... It's the... My list will probably be mainly what most people believe in as well. It's like they're just so good that most people are commonly thought of with these particular records. So I'll dive into that later. Uh, now, just a quick touch on the podcast itself. I, I know that sometimes myself and DJ Neko can go on and on about some of the topics. Sometimes we get to be talking a little bit too much, and maybe the podcast drags on a little bit. We don't really intend to do that all the time. Most of the podcasts run within the, the space that we actually want it in, but sometimes it does go a little bit longer depending on what it is, such as... Uh, the one episode we did on Godzilla, it was just something that we were passionate about. So sometimes when we get overly excited about a particular topic, we'll kind of drag on and on. So hopefully it's not hurting your listening experience. We're still trying to find our way with how we want to do things. So that's one of the reasons why we came up with DJ Neca's Rock Pick of the Week, which while she's gone, I won't be doing so. That's something that's just on hold for a couple episodes until she gets back. But, you know, we're going to be trying different things and trying to make these as interesting as possible for you all. We're still just kind of finding our way with what we want to do with it. And hopefully the topics we choose are stuff that you all might be interested in one way or the other. So bear with us as we're still kind of finding our way to get the perfect system down. Um one of the first trailers I wanted to get to, uh, I have one of two I'm going to talk about today. The first one is a movie coming out in November called Midway, and it's basically about the Battle of Midway between America and Japan during World War II, and the Battle of Midway was actually one of the turning points for that war uh, six months after Pearl Harbor, and I remember, I didn't know much about the Battle of Midway itself, but You know, growing up, but when I was very young, I did visit Hawaii uh, at a young age. And I remember going to Pearl Harbor and seeing how quiet and I don't know, it was just very sombering, like being there. Uh, It's really eerie in some ways, but uh, the memorial there is very cool uh, and a nice tribute to those that died on that day. During an attack on Pearl Harbor so the Midway battle basically it was also another initially planned by Japan to be another surprise attack and America was able to decode when they were going to attack this time and and beat them to the punch I mean we still had some losses in that battle but for the most part we uh, overcame that and managed to turn the tide of course I think it was finally done once we dropped the bomb on Japan. But either way, the movie looks really, really interesting. Um, a lot of great actors in it: uh, Patrick Wilson, Luke Evans, Aaron Eckhart, um, Dennis Quaid. So and Woody Harrelson also is in it. So uh, there's a lot of great actors, in it. it looks very well done. It's it's been it's been directed by uh, Roman Emmerich, who did a. Uh, Independence Day as well as the 98 Godzilla which not really the highlight of his career but just foot for note for what he's directed Um, Independence Day was really good so you know the capability of putting up a good movie is there so so yeah I I definitely would check out the trailer for that it's out now Um, it looks very well done Uh, yeah I, I will say if you're interested in that kind of stuff all right Get back into the music. Next block, I have a couple actually they're all new stuff. Diarda's murder, Wormwood, and Desert. Here's Diarda's Murder, New Gods. <laughs>
0: Here's Patrick from the Canadian Dress Metal FM, Leigh And you're listening to Metal Tavern Radio. I have a self Get out of my way.
1: Alright, DJ News is back with you. Metal Tavern Radio podcast. New stuff from desert there, similar to Believe. Alright, so... I want to talk a little bit about your favorite singers. And I don't know, I guess I guess backstory, really, you know, I, I started listening to rock at a very young age. I'm, I mean, I'm talking like age five probably, and we're talking like the mid 1970s, so back then, you know, you had uh, a lot of classic rock bands like Led Zeppelin, Bloister Colt, uh, Steve Miller Band, stuff like that, and then Rush yeah, you know, the thing is, like, it's easy to sit there and say, like, a guy like Robert Plant, great singer during that time with Led Zeppelin, but was he somebody that I consider one of my favorites? Doubtful. And the same thing happened in the 80s when I was listening to a lot of hard and hair rock, and, you know, I always had favorite bands like, you know, Stephen Piercy from Rat, Daily Raw, Van Halen. Um, Dundalk and and you know, etc. Um, loved a lot of those bands, but I don't know if I were just sat and said to myself, well, oh, these are the greatest singers ever. I mean, they're just certainly talented, very good. Uh, I, But I don't think it was until I started really listening to metal in general that that's when I started attaching myself to my particular type of favorite singer. So... Early on, uh, one of my first favorites, first two favorites, was Max Cavalier from Sepultura and Barney Greenway from Napalm Death. Like both those guys, to me, when it comes to the specific genres they're in, have a unique sound. Like it's like if you were listening to Ozzy or Ronnie James Dio. There's certain voices that you can sit there and say that's unique. Um obviously as time has gone on over the years there's a lot of bands that you know have singers that come out sounding similar uh use similar techniques similar um arrangements with their vocals uh one like when it comes to females uh certainly there are females in death metal that I'm very impressed with Angela Gasell when she was with Arch Enemy is one of them malika from abornality uh but one woman that always kind of stood out to me even when i started listening in the late 90s was christina scabby of lacuna coil uh now in present day lacuna coil may not be like one of my favorite bands ever they never really were but they were one of those bands that i really did like a lot and christine was a big part of that she has a very unique sound for herself and just a fantastic voice. There are a lot of females uh, who sing in a similar vein. Um, Floor Jansen, um, Simone from Epica. I mean, they, there's just some pretty amazing singers uh, that sing in that kind of vein. But Christina, even today with some of the later material, still sounds top notch and just excellent. Um, obviously there's a couple of Peters that I like Uh, Peter from Vader also has one of those unique voices for the style that he plays Uh, I generally can point it out very fast when it's him and when it's Vader Uh, and of course the late great Peter Steele from Typo Negative uh, was always one of my favorites just very unique Rob Halford, uh, he's been around forever, but as far as, like, one of those clean, high-powered singing heavy metal guys, he is top-notch. Uh, would also, as a caveat, uh, Ripper Owens, like, even though I didn't really care for his work with Judas Priest, like, listening to him and other projects, very good singer, very, very good singer, underrated. Um, two other guys that were massive impacts on me as far as like favorites of mine um i remember in the early 90s picking up uh soul of a new machine from fear factory and burton bell was at that time doing something that nobody else was doing not in that arrangement or style and mixing the rough with the clean vocals it was just fucking outstanding and even though Soul of a New Machine and D Manufacturer were like two different animals because by the time they got around to it, they'd already started uh, evolving their sound. Uh, he was still doing something that just you weren't really hearing anywhere else. And that's what always made Burton unique to me. Now it's now it's almost common to, to mix those type of vocals up. Uh, a lot of bands are doing it, no matter the genre. uh Blackmail whatever they they started evolving as well and adapting to some of that um the other of course is devin Townsend, uh my favorite artist ever, and his voice in general is unique you You hear him, although I have heard a couple of bands that are influenced by devin almost come close to hearing it sounding like him, but in the end Devin sounds like devin, so I don't know who your favorite singers are uh, obviously you're always free to comment on our Facebook pages or even on the podcast page with your ideas of some or your interpretations of the favorite singers you have but those are some of mine uh, over the years and they still are pretty strong as far as my favorites Um, certainly different bands have great singers that I do like uh, but those are the ones that always stood out to me the most and anyway, am going to get back to the music for you. Uh, got a couple new tracks. Uh, one from Amag Symphony as well as Rackamas Profunder. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that right, but uh, got a couple new tracks in there for now as well. Some Typo Negative featuring the late Peter Steele. Here's mock Symphony Drone Bomb Arcaria.
0: Smells like Burning This is Pamanos from Up to and you're listening to Metal Tavern Radio.
1: All right, DJ Nibbos, back with you on the Metal Tavern Radio podcast. Going solo today, no DJ Neko. She'll be back in a couple weeks. Nevertheless, let's talk WWE, shall we? So... As I said earlier in the episode, I, I haven't really followed the WWE all that much anymore. I used to really like WCW and all that towards the late 90s when they had, uh, you know, Nitro and all that other shit going on. It was just much more popular then. Plus, I don't know, I, I think most of the characters now are kind of pretty bland, especially with the WWE. And it's like, I know there's some really diehard people that I know that love wrestling, doesn't matter what form it's in now uh some love japan stuff there and also uh they have a new one i can't remember the name of it i want to say tnt but it's not that it's something else uh some of the uh wrestlers from wwe jumped over to that and all that stuff so but there are some diehard wwe fans out there i think Though, when it comes to WWE, there are a couple of interesting characters. I I always liked Roman Reigns, but he is a wrestler. He's not that entertaining. I can understand the arguments there. Uh, but he has that look, and I guess he's in the latest uh, Dwayne Johnson and Statham movie, uh, Hobson Shaw. So maybe he's going to make his jump to some of that, I guess. But uh, one of the more interesting characters, and again wrestling style isn't all that interesting but as a character i always liked him and it was bray wyatt uh not to mention his original theme song by mark crozer called live in fear which which is pretty unique i liked it a lot it's subtle and eerie at the same time so i thought it was worked really well with what he was doing but now he's made an identity change as far as his character is concerned and also has an updated version of the song which has been done by uh code orange so i'm sure if you're a big fan of wrestling you probably already know this information but if you're someone like me who kind of just like gets this information off and on and reads about it or whatever it's new to me uh plus his character now is called the fiend which still has the lights off and of course the theme song playing so it still follows similar to what he was doing but now he's got a whole new look I guess I uh, have not seen like as far as the wrestling technique if it's the same or if he's doing something new with it I don't know but pretty interesting stuff from a wrestling perspective um outside of that, I couldn't really tell what else is going on I don't follow it that closely so we're gonna get ready to prepare ourselves for the rock block here um on today's agenda i've got nine inch nails john anderson gong new stuff from them lizzie borden killing joke and the latest stuff from spotlights so i hope you enjoyed this i'll see you in a few it's going to be about six songs so i'll talk to you when i get back and we'll start diving into another trailer i'm excited about here we go nine inch nails
0: 5 for Victoria, B.C. You're listening to Metal Tavern Radio. Stay thrashing. Come
1: on! All right, DJ News is back with you on Metal Tavern Radio, the podcast. Spotlight, Spotlights, closes out our rock block of the day. Great fucking album. Um, They're out of New York, I believe, and they have a couple albums, I think, prior to this. I haven't really dived into those. Um, They're one of those bands that just kind of caught me by surprise. Their latest release, Love and Decay, is freaking fantastic, man. It's great stuff. One of my albums of the year. Uh they're always they're kind of classified as post-metal post-rock uh they've even been classified as doom gaze which that's a new one to me uh shoegaze i have heard um for me personally i tend to stray away from the gaze type stuff i know that fans in general will label a band whatever they feel that fits their mold of what it is but for me this is more of a post-metal post-rock type of band because of the vibe they had there is a certainly a doomish feel about it but uh overall they just fit the more post-rock type uh area for me so it's why i included them in the rock block nevertheless um very good band if you're into this kind of stuff definitely check out love and decay it's fucking worth it great band And then we're going to switch over to my next trailer that I I wanted to talk about. And, you know, going back many moons, uh, no pun intended, of course, uh, Rob Zombie, you know, started his career basically with White Zombie and then, of course, did his solo stuff in the early to mid-90s. Then towards the end of the 90s, he... Decided he wanted to move into filmmaking, which wasn't too much a surprise because, for anyone that knows Zombie and the things, the type of artwork and themes that he always used in his music is always horror related. And uh, not a shocker that filmmaking would be something he'd be interested in. And he took his hand at it with a movie called uh, Thousand, Thousand Corpses. Something else and there. It's been a long time since I've seen that. But uh, it, I wasn't certainly it was interesting but it was you know very much copycat in terms of the theme he he does this occasionally with his films he's getting better where things become more original which I like Uh, but Thousand Corpses definitely reminded me way too much of Texas Chainsaw Massacre which I know was an influence in some way especially with the characters involved um however uh Thousand Corpses is actually the beginning of a trilogy that he's been doing. Second movie of course, Devil Rejects, two thousand five, far more original, uh, far better movie in my opinion than the Predator. predecessor. Excuse me, uh, my speech impediment. Uh, Devil's Rejects was fantastic. Uh, a lot of great cameos in it. Uh, now we have Three from Hell, which is basically the third movie of the trilogy. I don't know if it's going to end there or not. Usually Trilogy is in there, but I don't know if he's planning on going beyond it. However, uh, new trailer out for Three from Hell. Um, obviously stars Sid Haig, Bill Moseley, and Sherry Moon Zombie. Uh, all three characters are awesome. Great ca- actors and actresses. I think Sherry Moon has a niche a niche for this particular genre. Uh, she's been in all of, most of his films, if not all of them. Uh, even as Halloween remakes etc. But the character, I can't, I think it's she's called Baby in this series, so uh, she's certainly got that nice little evil laugh down, and the trail looks amazing. Uh, but also, again, a lot of cameos from a lot of great actors and actresses that have been a part of his different movies he likes to go back to them a lot which is great uh we have danny trejo um fantastic actor d wallace from uh, howling and cujo clint howard from uh what is it shit um evil speak which is one of my favorite movies when i was a kid jeff daniel phillips uh recently from 31 also has richard Brake from 31 who i thought was fucking amazing in that movie the funny thing is like sherry was the main catalyst in lords of salem from 2016 and i thought the theme was really good and there were certain aspects of it that were good but overall it kind of failed as a movie to me um I can't really explain why. It just... It didn't really click. There were certain things about it I loved. And then I just felt like... Maybe Rob didn't push it as far enough to the craziness that it could have gone. Um, for instance, the final scene with Sherry... Uh, basically staying on a pile of corpses. You know, it's like... It reminds me a bit of the ending scene from Hereditary. It, it's got that whole creepiness vibe that you like about it. But... There just wasn't enough of that in it. Um, so I, I thought it kind of failed there. But 31 was a great bounce back. Um, maybe not so much original with the plot line. I mean, sure we, we've seen this kind of stuff before. But Richard Brake as his own character uh, was fantastic. And he he really made the movie. Um, obviously, the other actors were great. Jet Daniel Phillips as well. But break really kind of stole the film, uh, even despite having guys like Malcolm McDowell in there and whatnot, but, uh, this film also has, uh, Emilio Riviera, and I think, I've seen him in a lot of stuff before, but the most notable thing, I think, is from Sons of Anarchy, and of course the spin-off now called Mayans, Mayans, excuse me, that he's a part of, so there's a lot of familiar faces in this, and it looks great. So if you're if you're into a lot of his films, or at least into the trilogy that he's been working on, and you like Devil Rejects, I think that you're going to be excited for, for three from Hell because it looks good. The early tone for me reminds me almost of Natural Born Killers. It's kind of got that vibe about it. So we'll we'll see how it goes, uh, but I'm pretty excited for it. All right. So our next block of music here um, got some new stuff from Falls of Rouse as well as Cult of Extinction. Um, Cult of Extinction wasn't a perfect album for me, but it's at least a 9 out of 10. I know I don't do the Radiance anymore, but it was a really strong record for me. I liked a lot of music from it, so be looking for that right after this track by Falls of Royals. Talk to you later. <laughs>
0: Bobby G. from Mad Parish. You're listening to Metal Tavern Radio.
1: Alright, DJ was back with you on Metal Tavern Radio Podcast. Red Harvest, cold, dark, Matter. Been a Red Harvest fan for quite a while, but, uh... The last record they put out um, back in 2007 uh, a greater darkness was pretty lackluster for me but I think that was sort of the beginning of the end for them because they ended up disbanding even though there's a rumor as of 2015 they're back together I don't know how much of that is true uh, we're in 2019 starting seeing new material from them so I don't I don't know what the real story there is but uh the last record i put out in 2007 just wasn't all that great to me um it was really rather bland from a red harvest standpoint but um cold dark matter from 2006 transit gloria monday from 2002 are actually the pinnacle of the red harvest era for me and uh both that was really great that was the first Cold Dark Matter was the first record I heard from, even though they had three albums previously. They they actually been formed way back in 1992, when the first record was actually more considered thrashed and industrial black, but, uh, yeah, so Cold Dark Matter, I think I remember hearing Omnipotent off of a compilation, Can't uh, camera who made it at the time, but, it struck me pretty good. It connected with me, so I ended up buying the record and loving it. Um, like I said, sick, "Sick Transit," the album that followed was really great. Uh, it actually got more attention for them at some point. But uh, internal punishment programs from '04 was pretty good. Uh, but like I said, the, the 2000 or 2002 era was like the highlight for me for them. So, if by chance they are back together. I hope they get back to writing like good music uh you know something a little stronger than the greater darkness um get back to that era from the 2000 and 2002 that I like so much hopefully they can do that uh all right so let's talk a little bit about concept albums so like you know we're thinking of albums that are basically written as a story and I always thought that was kind of unique about bands that do it um I don't know. I, I guess, really, 1988 was really kind of the first year. I mean, even though Rush 2112 was a concept album, I, I wasn't aware of it in terms of an album as a total package, so, like, I didn't really realize what it was about. I, I hardly even knew much about Rush other than uh, Moving Pictures, which is still my favorite record to date, but... um concept albums, though, like, in 1988, probably the first one that struck me was King Diamond's Them. Uh, when I first heard Invisible Guest on Z-Rock in Colorado when I was living there, you know, I was like, this is a fantastic fucking song, fantastic singer. I, I had seen a video of King Diamond previously with The Family Ghost off of Abigail, Eve, which is another concept album from him, but or maybe it's Fatal Portrait that's all I can't remember but uh either way like Invisible guests struck a chord with me and so when I bought the record and I was listening to it and reading the lyric lyric sheet on the cassette yes I'm that old uh I was realizing oh fuck this is a fucking story this is awesome like I just had never even really heard of this uh, I think later that year, of course, Queen's Reich had done Operation Mindcrime, which was also a concept record. So, but I kind of knew that going in by what I was hearing about it and the talk on MTV and all that stuff. So by then, like you know, stuff like King Diamond just wasn't talked about all that much in the mainstream. So Queen's Reich was, and then of course, uh, as time has gone on. I've liked other stuff like uh, Nocturnus to Key, Mastodon, Blood Mountain, um, and Orion with 01011001, which is basically asc 2 in binary. So, uh, and ironically enough, um, that record also featured a Ecke from The Gathering, X Gathering, and Floor Jansen of Nightwish, although it'll probably. Back then she may have still been with after forever, I don't remember, but interesting, those two women have been a part of his staple as far as guest vocalists for quite a while and I don't know. I'm just curious from some of you, like what are your favorite concept albums? Um I know a popular one usually King Diamond is Abigail, but for me, uh to this day them is like the unicorn for me. That's like my go to album from King Diamond. Uh I think Muscle of Fate may have done some concept albums. I just can't remember really remember, but either way, uh, throw me some feedback, you know, give me some ideas. Maybe there's some albums I just haven't heard that are pretty good in that form. I know Dream Theater has some stuff that um but I've never been like outside of a few songs, not really a big huge Dream Theater fan, so throw me some ideas out there, uh, some concept albums, I'd be loved to check it out. And we're going to start moving into some more music here. Um, in this block, I do have some new stuff from Finster Force, but we're going to kick it off with some Covenant uh, band that's no longer around either. But uh, I kind of wish they would put out some new stuff, but I don't think they exist. But this is from... I can't remember I the the right. Animatronic, I believe? Yes. Uh, this is called The Birth of Tragedy. Microphobic, nailing the holy one. Track sounds a little familiar from my intro, doesn't it? Okay, getting down to the end here. I want to thank everyone for tuning in, checking out the podcast this week. Do apologize that DJ Necco is not here, but like I said, she'll be back in a couple weeks. So if you are tired of hearing me, you'll just have to wait and deal with it. That's how it goes anywho uh as always we do like to have some feedback um about how you feel about the episodes um things you might want to see us talk about or bands you can recommend bands anytime you want to hear play i have labels bands um you know other sources that send me stuff all the time that's why some of the stuff you hear um i play for them as well um but yeah, just if you want to give us some feedback, we're always welcome to it. Even if it's negative, that's fine, too. It's what it's all about, really. So I'm going to leave you with one track uh, here from Contrarian. They released a new record this year back in March called Their Worm Never Dies. Progressive Death Metal from New York. I guess I've just been on a theme today from New York uh, with some of the bands I've played. But very cool band. Uh They've been around for a little while, I think, for about seven or eight years here, I think. So, very good stuff. I caught up on them on Facebook in one day and just kind of been a fan ever since. So, new record's pretty solid. Check it out. This track is called Among the Misled, and I will talk to you all next week. Later.